p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. It's our wrap of the top business stories. Makwe Maselela joins me. He's the Chief Investment Officer and Founder at Makwe Fund Managers. I mean, I was just saying, Makwe, before we went to the break, uh, just on that uh, Nedbank story. I mean, look, you know, you might know your work. You, you might certainly have all of your wits about you. You know what's involved when it comes to some of these interest rate swaps. Um, and you can see aye, the interest rates that are being offered here. Aye, 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 aye. But if, you know, there's a nice fleecing of your own pockets, it certainly does influence, I guess, your, your decision-making matrix. Definitely does. And I think we should be able to guard against that, you know, in all departments, even whether it's private companies or what, for people not to, for people not to overlook things because they've been offered something that will take you to Monaco, will give you X, Y, and Z, and people now want to live that high life based on the kickbacks and this. This applies across all the, I mean, across all the sectors, and whether it's a private or it's a state-owned enterprise, that's something that we definitely need to deal with. Then I think it's more of a moral fiber, more than anything else. Sure, it does happen, and it's not right. Mm-hmm. Talking about SOEs, Mark, I mean, we know one of the SOEs that uh, was involved in some of this, you know, capital structure plays, if I can put it, if I can call it that, uh, was the airports company of South Africa, and um, they certainly found themselves. Um, in some tough uh, environments at the time, and uh, I guess also find themselves in a bit of a liquidity squeeze at the moment. What's happening now? And uh, it seems uh, that has triggered some strategy shift, uh, wanting now to focus on their core operations. Definitely, the guys are trying to raise cash by selling some of what they today call non-core. And yes, it's not only happening to them. We are seeing the likes of MTNA also announced that selling the Sunlam. So everyone is trying to trim whatever they can. Number one, to try to pay off debt. Number two, to try to boost their balance sheet. But now the question here, we have to be careful. We don't have to have what you call a fire sale. And then especially if you'll end up getting into the sale and buy back at least um, the sale and the lease back agreement, it ends up costing you more compared to when you guys were owning the asset because we're just looking at this short-term or medium-term thing that at least will raise 4.5 billion as an example, but long-term that might kill you. Yes, the other assets that make sense, your petrol station is worth spending, I guess, you know, but you know, the things like your cargo terminals, I mean, I'm trying to figure out if that is owned by a private individual and for whatever reason, you know, airport company didn't pay them, what's going to happen to cargo? Mm. And here we are, we are mm. trying to encourage trade, not just with the whole world, but remember we've just signed, signed that free trade agreement with Africa with the hope that our trade will start to increase. So I'm not just too sure about some of the assets. Mm. It's all well and good that you've got this 4.5 that you think you can raise. But long term, what's going to happen out of that? And also bear in mind, by the way, if you sell something that you are generating X amount, you know, from it, mm. then it means it's a different story when it comes to your earnings going forward. So it's not just that you are selling it and then your earnings will improve. So I think maybe we should also start trying to move away that to be able to boost your balance sheet, to be able to, to, to make sure that you have liquidity, then it does not necessarily mean that you have to sell stuff. Just like when companies mm. think about costs, they immediately think of retrenching people instead of increasing sure. or encouraging productivity. So it's not usually the solution, you know. But yeah, the guys, that's what they want to do. I think that's what they were talking to when they were talking to their advisors. And we hope this mm. time they don't get it wrong. Yeah. Mark, is there a way here to 
sort of realize the benefits of the sale of these assets without effectively selling them. I mean, you know, when I was looking yeah. at this article, that came up to me. I mean, this whole idea of sort of lease and buyback or, you know, um, potentially sort of uh, provide development rights on some of the vacant land that AXA might have without necessarily selling that land. I mean, what is the advantage of doing some of those things? You know, you know usually there is this whole thing that try to optimize, you know, try to sort the asset. Maybe because you guys are not using that asset efficiently. Try to sell your services on that asset to other people as well, you know. That probably can help. Yes, it makes sense that maybe you might sell uh, or have JVs when it comes to future development by selling some of the developmental rights. It's another story, you know. So I think you first have to try to make sure that sort that asset. And it's just so unfortunate, but it's a harsh reality that we know that when it comes to most state-owned enterprises, you know, the guys are not efficient, the guys are not productive. So maybe it might be a question of changing the strategy. I mean, here you are, you own this whole thing. People want to use them, you know. Why don't you sell it to other airports? I mean, what do you call it? Make sure that not airports to other airlines to make sure that maybe the, the repayment terms, stuff like that, they continue to use your service because you are a dominant player, you know, when it comes to that. So I don't think outright sale for me don't think is the first option. But the first option will try to make sure that we do what you call to try to optimize that particular asset and see how far can it take you. Why don't you use the very same asset, given that interest rates are at very uh, low uh, record levels, and then other countries are offering flat or negative interest rates, why don't you try to raise some of the cash, cheap money, with those assets? You know, stuff like that, you know. Maybe instead of maybe not getting the 4.5 billion, probably you can get maybe 2, 3 billion, something like that, because I'm Mm. afraid that you regret your decision 10 years down the line. And those executives, I promise you, by then they won't be there. Then it's going to be a problem for the new executives there. I'm not saying they're wrong, but I hope they've done all their homework to see that this is the best option, you know, because I know we've got a tendency of taking the short of the cut to get Mm. to the solution. And we must be careful, you know, Mark, of selling the nation's China, if I can put it that way, you know, selling all of the nation's crockery, during difficult times when I guess during the upswing we're going to need the same assets uh, to spur on our recovery. So I think you make a very important point there. Let, let's shift our attention to Total. Now, they're an interesting bunch. Um, you know, a traditional oil player um, and, you know, different parts of the, that value chain. Um, it seems now that they want to, I guess, shrug off this whole idea of being a fossil fuel producer and think of themselves as an energy company, but uh, happens also at a time where they've seen 7.2 billion US dollars in annual losses. Yeah, I think that's the way to go. We know even some funders are no longer funding for self-worth. So yes, the guys have to position themselves. And I think being a big player in the industry, they should be leading the way. But you know, those earnings, you know, they were better than market expectations. I think market was expecting something like a 3.8 or so, and they managed to make at least four. So not too bad. And if you see the share price performance there of in Europe, it just fell a mere 1.8%. Because guys, the results are backward looking. And I think markets end with us as well. We should be looking going forward. Will oil prices start to improve? Will the demand start to pick up? Will jet fuel, because it's also a major driver when it comes to fuel prices, you know, will it start to pick up? So I think going forward, and if maybe you think that the vaccine rollout will ultimately and ultimately become a success, then oil prices should at least start behaving well. Remember, it's 
this is a period where you had oil prices brand crude at almost twenty dollars a barrel. You know, so those were the difficult times. But now it's flitting with the sixty dollars a barrel and probably it might hold there, especially if we mm. see the US stimulus kicking in. But yes, I think as a big boy they have to lead the way and try to change all these things because our environment is very important and mm. global warming is a reality. So if they're trying to move away from what you call making the environment not look a kill, I think that's welcome. But the high, they are earnings still insisted. They were better than market expectations. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marco, before I let you go, and uh, we're quickly nearly running out of time here, uh, we would have seen from the National Minimum Wage Commission towards the end of last year um, the uh, uh, recommendations they made to the Ministry of Employment and Labour, and uh, it seems some of those have come into an effect now. Uh, the uh, national minimum wage around 21 rand 69 cents, uh, up from uh, just over 20 rand and 70 cents. Um, and uh, But I guess the big... Uh, certainly a shift here is uh, that farm workers no longer, uh, I guess, to get 90% of the national minimum wage, but are now at the national minimum wage. And it seems it hasn't made many a farmer happy. True that, but we are happy that our workers are happy. Those are exactly. the people, you know, who make sure exactly. that there's some job <laughs> security. And I think it's about time, you know. And the sooner they also get domestic workers as well to be on mm. par with everyone, the better. Guys, those people do very important jobs. We've got food on our tables. You go to work, you know, somebody's looking after your kids or cleaning the house, so we don't have to undermine them. You've got a peace of mind knowing that somebody's looking mm. after your house, stuff like that. So I think we sure. should start looking at the value add that people are doing to our real lives. So mm. I think the government does the right move, and the sooner they continue to up it, the better. What, what do you make of, of the agricultural sector? I mean, these guys... Almost all of the agricultural unions, um, you know, South African Table Grape Industry, Transvaal Agricultural Union, all of them coming out I'm and like saying, you know, this is going to have a massive impact. And I'm like, but you've, you're in a bumper harvest. I mean, for Pete's sake, you know, the rains are here. You're in a bumper harvest. Sure. You sure. Are. And, you know, and even the highlights is that they're driving. It shows you that the guys are making <laughs> money out of this whole thing. And, hey, they deserve to make money. They work for it. But the guys who are sweating that land deserves well as well to NOS. Mm. Even their living conditions also have to be improved because we definitely need that. You listen to them when they talk to government about food security. You listen mm. to them when they're not happy with what is happening at the land bank. So as much as they're making that kind of noise, I think our workers as well, they sure. deserve to be rewarded accordingly. Yeah, the land shall be shared among those who work it. Makwe? Thank you so much, my brother. It's always a pleasure catching up with you. And uh, yeah, until we uh, chat again next week, man. Sweet. That there was Makwe Masilela, Chief Investment Officer and founder at uh, Makwe Fund Managers.